Hello, and thank you for joining us for our final episode of this summer's Minnesota State University Family and Parent uh, Podcast. Uh, I'm David Jones, Vice President for Student Affairs and Enrollment Management here at Minnesota State University, Mankato. And again, we really want to thank you for listening and spending some time with us this summer as we share updates about COVID-19, our preparation plans, and, and everything related to that. So in this final episode, uh, it'll just be me. I'm not interviewing anyone or getting updates from anyone else at this point in time, but I want to do two different things. One is share with you an update of where we are, what information we know right now, um, based on today's date. Today is August 14th, 2020. Um, students are already moving into campus and everything, and we have some more clarity about um, our plans and everything related to teaching. And then lastly, I want to share a welcome message of sorts. It sounds funny to finish with a welcome message, but there's some important guidance that we give students and families every summer. And this is the part where I wanna share it with all of you and how you can use this information to be successful during your time here at Minnesota State University, Mankato. So let me let me jump right in and share with you kind of what, what's the latest update. As I shared, it's Friday, August 14th, 2020. Um, here in the state of Minnesota, we are about a week and a half uh, past when the governor and the Department of Education for the state of Minnesota shared their return to learn plans for all of the K-12 across the state. Um, that's been super helpful in giving us some more understanding of how the state's looking at some of the medical uh, needs and, and teaching resources and everything that are gonna affect some of our current students, both in their internship, uh, student teaching placements, as well as many of our, our students who have kids, as well as faculty and staff, of course, who have children as well in our location here in the city of Mankato or, or surrounding communities. So they are using a measure that is a certain percentage of every 10,000 residents within a community. And um, that will produce a, a statistic that'll be less than 10, between 10 to 20, 20 to 30, whatever that percentage is, uh, reveals the solution. So if we're less than 10% transmission within our, or infection rate within our community here in Mankato, all K-12 will be in person. Uh, we have heard also in the last week that the higher education system within, um, or the Department of Higher Education and Minnesota Department of Health here are adopting a similar measure. It's not official yet at this point, but we've been given some guidance that that's the direction they're moving towards. In combination with our current uh, guidance is that uh, any move further away towards a more distance learning would be driven by the availability of hospital beds in your local hospital community. We are in Southern Minnesota. We're very fortunate to have uh, a surplus of hospital beds because within our region is the city of Rochester, the home of Mayo, uh, the international healthcare uh, system. And so their hospital beds were built with a national model in mind. So we have a great depth, uh, not only here within our own local hospital here in Mankato, as well as uh, the resources that are in Rochester. Additionally, we've made the decisions in university to stand up a respiratory clinic um, our student health services uh, office here at the university, uh, available for students, um, will have a respiratory clinic, which means that students can call in and if they believe that they need some COVID-19 testing, we'll be able to do that right here on campus. Um, we're not quite there right now. Uh, we're in the process of, of getting all that, that facility stepped up. Um, it's in the same building over with our, our student health center, so it'll be a great resource right here um, for our students. 
in, in the meantime, we continue to work with local partners to make sure that we can do referrals to, to any um, of our local providers to provide that testing, including Mayo, Mankato Clinic, uh, uh, MedExpress, and, and Open Door um, Medical, as well as there's a couple other ones within our community. So plenty of resources for that to happen. Additionally, we have put our name on the list with the state in the event that there is a, um, uh, a vaccine available. We would be one of the pods in the state that would receive that. And so we could do uh, mass vaccinations with our student body. Uh, we could actually expand that to faculty and staff if we feel like that makes sense. But our first focus right now is on students. And so that's, that's what we've done. Um, obviously around the world, we're, we're crossing our fingers that that's sooner than later. Um, but when that does come through and it's available, we'll be prepared to be able to, to participate in the sharing of that vaccine. We have moved um, all of our classrooms, uh, nearly all of our classrooms at lecture halls in particular, um, to our Zoom uh, uh, capable rooms. Uh, within our registration system, they're called HyFlex. Within the university, we call them FlexSync. Um, it's a very comprehensive way that we're providing uh, the opportunity for a student to attend classes in person, or if they're not feeling well that day, at the same time the class is being offered, they can um, log in and attend the class, ask questions to the professor, and doing all those things. We have a mask or face covering requirement on campus and uh, already seen uh, this past uh, week, we've seen students and families on campus all wearing their face coverings and faculty and staff, of course, as well. Um, as students, we've had over a thousand students and family members on campus this past week who came to campus as, during a scheduled time to move in their items into the residence halls. Um, beginning this weekend, we'll have students arriving um, uh, all throughout the week as we begin classes the following Monday. And so uh, we're getting closer and closer to the start of everything. And th to that end, it's, it's really exciting to start to see more um, activity on the campus, if you will, and uh, food services and everything will start up on Monday as well. Faculty are back on Monday, so it's great to see that kind of energy again, right around the corner. So that's what we know um, with our COVID uh, update. If for some reason we saw a growth in our numbers and uh, an impact on, on the transmission rate or infection rate within our community, within the campus, we would continue to work with the Minnesota Department of Health. Um, we are actually hiring two positions that will assist with contact tracing. Um, we feel like that really made sense this year. One will be responsible for on-campus students who live in the residence halls. The other will be supporting all students who live off campus. Um, and so that's, that's where we feel like we're staffed up uh, in a lot of ways to, to be helpful with that. Additionally, we've hired 10 um, additional uh, custodial positions to assist with mass cleaning across the campus on a, on a daily basis. And we think that that kind of resource makes a lot of sense for all of our well-being and safety. So uh, we would, if for some reason, as I mentioned, that infection rate were to grow um, uh, in our community uh, or within our campus, we, Minnesota Department of Health, as well as the Minnesota State System, would be in contact and we work with them very closely in determining whether we would need to pivot to more distance, uh, extended delivery of uh, learning at that point in time. The magic of the Flex Sync system is that we can pivot that way if we need to pretty quickly, um, with just the exception of a couple courses that really are taught in person, like aviation and some nursing and some of the uh, hands-on kind of learning that we, we provide here at the university. So. Again, things that we, we went through in the spring, so we feel pretty prepared for those as we head into the fall. Matter of fact, more prepared because of that experience. So that's our COVID-19 update. Um, I'm excited to share as well. We are growing our enrollment uh, as it looks for this fall is up as of today. 
And so we hope that can be used all, th all throughout next week as well as we begin classes the following week. But uh, it's, it's uh, that kind of excitement from students and families we know is real. And so we're, we're excited and with the compliment of students choosing to come to our university. It's always wonderful to welcome new Mavericks to, uh, to our community, that's for certain. As I mentioned, there's a second part of the message that, that we share every summer with our, with our students and our families. And the message is for both because there's elements that each of you need to take away from this message. We have a very simple recipe that we've learned over the years and looking at research and data from the success of our students and families during their time uh, studying here at the university. It's a very simple recipe. It's one we call prime. It's represented by three numbers, a five, a three, and a one. We call it prime because those of you who might be mathematically inclined or listening to this might recognize, you know, not all those numbers are actually prime. That doesn't fully make sense. Yes, again, those math whizzes who are listening, um, the, number one, the number one is neither prime nor not prime. Uh, however, the numbers five and three are prime. But that's not the main point of this, uh, this, this message here today. You see, each one of those numbers represents a prime decision that students need to make as they prepare uh, their plans for this fall uh, academically, uh, both as well as outside of the classroom. And students and families, it's important that you keep these numbers in mind as you make decisions, not only for this semester, but for future semesters as well. Let's start with the number five. You see, Number five represents, on average, the number of classes our full-time students take at the university. Let me do another math problem for you. If you take 120 credits, which is the number of, of hours our, our degrees uh, you need to accumulate to earn one of our degrees, you divide that over uh, eight semesters or four years, you see it works out exactly to earning 15 credits each semester. And so that's important. Most of our classes are three credits, so three times five, 15, exactly. Now, you, um, some of you might be at a point where you're transferring in some credits, of course, and, and it's really important that you do that. And as you have that conversation with your advisor here at the university, you'll figure out what the right mix that you need to be having to make sure that you're, you're taking a full load so you can continue your progress towards earning your degree within four years. That's really important. We understand attending our university as well as any universities is, is, is an expensive decision for a family and a student. To do that, to help with that, that decision, we continue to make sure that we're as affordable as possible. To, one of the things that we do is to make sure that we ban tuition. You see, if you take 12 credits up to 18 credits, the cost is the same. So if you find yourself in a semester being only taking 12 credits, you're literally paying the same as you would be if you're taking 15 credits. So if you're finding you're taking less than a full load of 15, you're actually leaving money on the table. Again, work with your advisor to figure out what class or classes you can be added to make sure you're earning that full 15 credits so you can stay on a four-year pathway. That's the other way that we can help you save money is by staying in college just the minimum amount you need to earn that degree. Adding another year, another semester, that's additional cost to you. Not only for intuition, but as well as living expenses and everything. So at the end of the day, remember five. Five is the number of full-time courses you should be taking each semester. The number three. The number three represents the high expectations our faculty are going to have of you, both inside and outside of the classroom. You see, for every hour you spend time in the classroom, they're going to ask you to spend up to three hours outside of the classroom um, doing your reading for class, uh, working in a lab, writing papers, participating in a study group, whatever it might be for that particular course. Of course, each professor will share with them or share with you and your student on the first day 
uh, of class what, what their specific expectations are for your preparation. But no, across the board, every professor is going to expect you to be prepared to fully engage and participate by doing all the homework before you show up to class. So that's, that's really a massive step. And as you make decisions on how you're going to spend your time outside of class, it's important that you build in that study time so you can be successful as you get to class. Lastly, the one. The one represents involvement. You see, we have over 240 different student organizations here at the university. And we want you to get involved and in whether it's a, uh, an opportunity to practice some student leadership, some peer leadership, getting involved with an honor organization, a sport club, a musical group. There's so many different groups here. And we challenge you, if you can't find one that interests you, let us know, we'll start another. You really need to be able to start to refine your skill set that you're going to, with all the knowledge you're going to gain in the classroom, how are you going to use that information outside the classroom? It's our hope that someday that you are looking across a, maybe a Skype interview or something like this or a Zoom interview um, or sitting across a desk for someone who has a job that you really want. And you're going to be able to turn and say, look, I've got this degree from Minnesota State University Mankato. Here's all the things I know. And they're going to say, that's wonderful. How have you used that information that you've learned? And that's where all these activities and these clubs and everything really come into play. Whether it's a part-time job on campus or in our community, an internship, externships, student teaching, um, uh, again, getting involved with these clubs, you need to find that one thing each semester that starts to build your resume. So you'll be able to say, you know, here's what I know, and let me share with you, in addition to that, I helped be a president of this organization as we did a fundraiser. I helped lead this organization as we traveled and competed in the Model United Nations competition here. I coordinated the, the men's lacrosse club and we uh, participated in several tournaments across the Midwest. And here's what I learned from peer leadership and how I can motivate people. These are all real world examples that are gonna be super helpful for you. You need to have people skills. Even if you decide to open your own business and, and wanna work by yourself, you're gonna need to ask somebody for money and the ability to, to learn those soft uh, communication skills will be highly, highly important. So that's our simple recipe. It's called Prime. And again, it's represented by the five, the three, and the one. We'll be reminding you throughout your time here at the university, but keep that, keep that recipe in mind as you plan out each semester to make sure I've taken the full load, I'm putting aside the time to be successful in the classroom, and I'm getting involved in something. And I think you'll find great success because we've seen lots of Mavericks be successful that way. The last thing I want to share with you is a, a point of communication. You see, I, I attended a state university, and actually, well, let me refine it this way. As part of this communication message, I want to share with you a personal story. You see, I attended a, a state university, much like this one, um, and, and really enjoyed my, my experience there and helped me set up to have a wonderful career. This particular story, um, I, I remember it was like yesterday. It was a Thursday morning, uh, about 9 a.m., and I am sleeping <laughs> um, when in the, my residence hall room when the phone rings. And this is an old school out cellular phone. I'm dating myself a little bit. But the phone rang. I rolled over, grabbed the phone, pulled it to my ear, and I didn't say anything. But I could hear it very loud and clearly through the phone, good morning. I shook my head. I was like, ugh. I didn't say anything. And I recognized the voice. And then even louder I heard, good morning. How are you? At that point, I shook my voice and cleared my throat. Now you recognize the voice again. It was my father. And I said, <clears throat> Dad, this is really important. I need you to get, it, to get a piece of paper and a pen. 
And I was met with silence on the phone. And I cleared my throat yet again. I'm like, Dad, this again, this is really important. Please make sure you write this down. Again, more silence. I cleared my throat with all the energy and gusto of a 19-year-old young man. I said, Dad, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do not have class until 11 a.m. <laughs> of course, at that point, my, my father had a couple different choices of what he could do. Um, he could have laughed at his son, which maybe some of you did as well. Um, he could have hung up the phone and kept calling me back just to kind of prove his point that I need to get up. Uh, he did a third thing, though. Um, and that was, uh, he recognized that uh, I was growing and trying to take control of my world and everything and, and, and share with me that, that he hadn't heard from me and was curious about what was going on. You see, and this might be true for some of the parents listening to this right now, I and he had an agreement that I would call home every Sunday evening. Um, this is pre-cell phones again, and we just wanted to connect. I could learn what's going on at home, and I could share with him what was going on with me at the university. He, you know, um, the other thing I guess he could have done is remind me who was paying for what and read me the riot act, but he didn't do that. We had a reminder. Really, you see, that call that morning wasn't about anything important or critical that day. He was just, again, wondering how I was doing. And, you know, communication at that point was much, much harder than it is now. Um, there's a good chance since we've started the, today's podcast, there's somebody in the room that you're listening to this might have already tweeted something or Snapchat something else or sent a, uh, a text to someone else. Um, communication is so much easier and quicker now, um, which is wonderful. So I want to give all, uh, all of you who are listening to the podcast here today, um, students and parents, um, uh, I'm going to give you some homework um, as you start the year here whether sitting on the, the back deck or as you're driving to the campus for the final drop-off, whatever it might be, you need to have the conversation about what your communication expectations are. Students, do you want to reach out to your parents daily and share, here's what happened today, this is what's going on. Parents, do you want to hear from your student daily, weekly, every couple days, regular emails? What is your expectation? And I will share, it's important to have this conversation. Because life is funny in that it throws potholes in front of us every now and then. Somebody in this in our world is going to have a hit a pothole and going to have a flat tire. We have worked closely with families and students. We know those that have the intentional conversation about how they're going to communicate know that when they do hit the pothole and something goes awry and you need money or you need some assistance and advice from from your family or whatever it might be, if you figured out how you're going to communicate, you're able to navigate that situation much more much better than, than and if you have to navigate that for the first time during that conversation. Students, when you call home and you've got a, a concern and you're sharing a complaint about your day, are you just vetting or are you asking for help? You know, that's important for you to share with your parents so they know that, do they need to go into problem-solving mode or do they just listen? And I too know what it's like uh, to be in that situation. It's hard, you know, and, and, and sharing that kind of support. I know uh, many of you may have participated in our, our book club this summer, and I encourage you to, there's a lot of great resources out there, whether it's online or in books, talking about that transition as well. We are here. Um, if you're here on campus, at any point you know, purple and gold are kind of our favorite colors. If it's during the, the drop-off or, or if anytime you're visiting campus, you see staff in a, in, a, in a purple and gold shirts or name tags, whatever it might be, and you have a question, please stop that person and ask that question. Um, they, they may know the answer. If they don't, they'll probably get you pointing in the right direction. 
to help you, all of you who are listening with our with questions this next year, we put together an incredible resource. It's called our Office of New Student and Family Programs. It's located in the first floor of Prescott Residence Hall, and it's a really incredible office. You can hear in the title of it. It includes everybody who's listening right now, new students and families. New students, at any point during your first year here at the university, if you're uncertain where to start with your question, reach out to that office, because I promise you, if they don't know the answer, they know where to find the answer. And families, at any point during your student's time here at the university, any of the four years, whatever you may be curious about, again, is the best office to reach out to. And, and they'll know what the answer is, or again, where to find it. We want to make sure that we're active partners. Um, you know, the success of our students is be important, whether it's our family and friends, um, the university, as well as the, the activity and the behavior and the and the production of the student during their time here. Working together, we're going to see a lot of Mavericks be successful. So with that, I want to thank you for, for spending time with us this summer in the podcast and uh, wish you all this fall. I look forward to meeting all of you. If you have an opportunity and you see me when you're on campus or want to stop by in Wigley to ask a question or, or um, reach out to us in any way possible, glad to answer those questions. And I wish you all the, the, the best and stay healthy, be well, and uh, good luck this fall, Mavericks. Thank you.